record. Welcome to the Gear 30 podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. All of it. What is this gear? Is that what this episode's focus? This episode is all about lightweight water filters. Um, one one particular one, uh, the Platypus Quick Draw. Okay, wait, is that out yet? Nope, not yet. Spring of twenty one. Wait, we're way ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. This is the Platypus Quick Draw. Yep, the micro filter. So, what's our number one filter selling in the shop right now is the Catadyne B Free, and it's awesome because lightweight. It's quick. It's easy to use. It's inexpensive. It's a squeeze filter. It's a squeeze filter. Yeah, that's why. That's, that's <laughs> um, the answer yeah. you're looking for. So, and this is like, and this is similar. So, mm-hmm. Platypus is like, well, that's a good idea. Let's, Let's improve it. upon it, right? So it looks a lot like a Sawyer um, mini squeeze filter. Um, it can filter up to three liters per minute. That's fast. Right. Oh, that's a that's lot. A, that's super insane. Fast. Yeah, because it was taking me 20 minutes to get 12 ounces with that secret base <laughs> camp of the UN is after day two. Not the filter's yeah. fault. And it's the, the mountain's fault. I know, I know. Um, it also has, if you're familiar with the Sawyers, the little cap to cover the... the not the the, the spout, nozzle the spout. nozzle sucks terrible what oh it does yeah why do you think that because just because it's loose and it's uh, not terrible but it's not like super easy to sure. put on this the new quick draw is it's got hinges on it and it just opens and closes opens and closes mm. so it's easier to cover it up if you need to you can use one one hand just one, one finger mm-hmm. just flip it over um the bladder that it comes with is going to be a lot nicer bladder than the Sawyer one that you get. Um, so if you envision the Sawyer, think of the Sawyer, but a lot better. Quicker flow rate, longer filter life. Um, it's back flushable like the um, Sawyer would be. And um, Doesn't so it attach to more things or something? Up to one liter in 20 seconds. Yes, it does attach to more things. So you can put it on the regular bladder that it comes with. But it's also got a different size thread inside, so you can put it onto a smart water bottle if you want to. That's right, because they. That's right, because they, it's they had through hikers in mind, <clears throat> exactly. big time. Yeah, so because everybody uh, for why why is it that through hikers love those smart water bottles? Um, they're, they're the right size. The right size. They're weight. They're durable enough to last a long time. Yeah. And now with this filter that screws directly onto the smart water bottle, that's what they're going for. Yeah. That and was smart. The, what? The Sawyers can also screw on a smart water bottle. What? But they only have that one thread size. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> so. I think it is. I think it's definitely gonna rival. I think it's far superior already without using it to the Sawyer. That YouTube video, I so you can go guess. to the YouTube. You can look up this this platypus, whatever it's called. The platypus quick draw micro filter. Platypus quick draw micro filter. It's like an eight minute video. It's really long, but she, but it kept my attention because she does a really good job of showing you all the. You wouldn't think like it's a freaking filter. How are you gonna talk eight minutes about this filter? Mm-hmm. But she does, and she does a really good job at it, and explains why they did what they did to that filter. So, and that'll be out in 2021. Mm-hmm. And it's we sell so many bee freeze, and I think next year it's gonna be so many platypus. <laughs> yeah. this little this little guy. Another yeah. like very they just they just really thought about f- 
a filter and a bladder and how to how to build one so the bladder has a little um plastic uh loop on the top by the by the this is a smart mouthpiece yeah yeah so you don't have to use your hands to dip your water in there you just put two fingers around that or whatever and sw- swoop it through the water and you, your hands don't touch the water like i think the hydro pack has that right some of the hydro packs do yeah, yeah. the one that scotty's had had it mm-hmm. so it's but yeah you just very smart which is one thing that the beef freeze don't have mm-hmm. it's one thing that the swears don't have and using both of those there's lots of times where you do have to get your your hands wet which it's not a huge problem but i'm gonna say cold, i absolutely hate it when my hands get a little bit wet just it's like the worst thing ever especially on a hot day when my hands are already sweaty and dirty i just okay. hate to have them dipped okay, in the cold, cold clean water not, <laughs> you not got gloves huge. on and you need water it's not a huge deal but it is a cool little add-on it's the little thing feature it's also nice hey, greg over there <laughs> I'm just looking at it and I'm thinking. Your hands get wet. She's. I'm watching this little video over here and she's showing that you don't have to get your hands wet. And I'm thinking that's like one of the most refreshing parts of during the summer. During the summer. What if it's freezing cold outside? How many of you guys go in the middle of winter? I'm just saying. Okay. What if it's It's freezing cold in the morning? It's all ice and snow anyway, and you just have to boil the water. Anyways, it's cool, okay? I think it's a cool feature. <laughs> Didn't pass the Greg test. No, so also, it weighs 2.2 ounces. With a bladder, it weighs 3.6 ounces, so it's wow. pretty light. Um, it's not as small as the Bee Free, but that no. might be lighter. It, yeah. It's, or uh, d- definitely as light. Yeah, I think it's going to be just as easy to use as the Bee Free. Um, it's a little bigger, though. Yeah, it is a little bit bigger. But still not big. Yeah, it's still pretty it, I feel like it's going to pack smaller than the Sawyer, not quite as small as the Beefree, so kind of in between the two. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely, I think this is an area that Platypus has lacked in um, for a while, and so I'm, I'm excited to see them release something that I'm excited about. I haven't seen something in the water filtration side that I've been super stoked about since this, or until this. So, from platypus, from platypus, yeah. I the bee free was great, and I still love the bee free. Um, but I just think this is it's cool to see something a little bit different, something new. Um, that platypus is doing. And um, uh, talking to Sarah, another one of our employees, uh, sounds like platypus. Don't, don't know this. This isn't this isn't gear 30 podcast backed up, but it sounds like platypus. <laughs> Is one of the better filters Wait, to thing? use in the Uintas. Um, that's what, what Sarah said. She said she read a few reviews that said the best filters to use in the Uintas are platypus. I Greg, don't know. Greg agrees. Uh, I, I, was say, I don't know if I agree because I have the best experience. The look on I, his face right now. So I have confusion. I have a platypus um, gravity filter back when they first came out, right before the. Uh, catted and came out with I the base camp. Yeah, you got to back flush them. All you got to back flush yeah. them and stuff. But being able to back flush it, that might help in it the UNS. I, I've used it in the UNS, and it does slow after a while, but it it, it does maybe last it lasts much longer. longer. Yeah. So so there you go. Maybe that's the no that's the why. ticket. Use the platypus in the UNS. But I'm reminded the, now of why I was frustrated because I'm like, why? Because I had to back flush it so often. Yeah. Because it was getting slower and slower and right. slower, and it's the UNS's fault. Not the right um, mm-hmm. filter fault. 
Yeah, I just if you're in the UNAs, just take oh. Aqua Tabs. Uh, Aqua Tab. Do you know I have a unopened Hiker Pro? That's how many freaking hike? I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I have two. I have an unopened like Life Straw, an unopened Hiker Pro. I have too many filters, but I and I just ruined my base camp, my brand new base camp six. <laughs> Great theory, but uh, if you, in case you missed it, the water in the Uintas is tainted by algae and weird rock sediment stuff that ruins filters. Yeah, it's not the filter's fault. If you if you think your filter sucks in the Uintas, it's because you're the in the Uintas, not the filter. Yeah. Blame exactly. blame the environment. Yeah, I'm I'm convinced if we just had more potent DWRs, it would kill the algae, and we wouldn't have that issue. I think that's are you on that? Right yeah, now? yeah, because yeah. I think I think that well. So as I was hiking into the Titcomb Basin, we came across a couple. We started chatting. It was raining on our hike in and um, you had your demo your and I, uh, what do you what do you call that that's undercover like pro, nobody can know what proto- that is yet prototype? prototype yeah you had your prototype jackets I, on yeah and she was asking us about them because she said oh wow the, those look like really good rain jackets i i'm in the market for a new one and i was looking at hers and it looks like a brand new marmot rain jacket it was a gore-tex jacket and everything and, and i said oh why are you in the market for a new one? Oh, this one doesn't work and I said, why doesn't it work? And she's, oh, I, I get wet. It doesn't, it, the water doesn't beat up. I've even washed it with a new DWR treatment or whatever. And, and uh, anyway, she said the previous one that I had, it was a marmot. It leaked and she sent it in and they confirmed, yes, it leaked. And they gave her a really good deal on, she said, we can either replace it or give you a good deal on an upgrade. And she got the upgrade, which was Gore-Tex. But she used it and in the rain, it just, the water wouldn't beat up and roll off like it should on a new, on a newer one. I mean, it would a little bit, but pretty quickly it soaked in and just didn't breathe that well. So she was frustrated by it and she was looking at our jackets and they were beating up and rolling off and she was saying, what jackets are those? Those look like nice jackets and I, I want, I want one like that because this one doesn't work very well. Well, the trick was I'm using like seven-year-old Gore-Tex. Seven-year-old Yeah, Gore-Tex? back when like the DWR was still oh, good. yeah. And, uh, so the new DWR, which is the enviro-friendly kind, that doesn't sucks. <laughs> okay, or <laughs> that. The, only <laughs> um, the thing is, is that as the Gore-Tex membrane has gotten more breathable and those types of things, they've dumbed down the DWR, not for performance purposes, but for environment mental purposes some countries want to allow environment purposes or environment mental mental purposes for mental environment purposes (laughs) um so anyway initially when i heard about that i was thinking yeah okay i can see why it would be good to to use a dwr that's really environmentally friendly and stuff more people are getting into the backcountry and everything but the environment is uh, after talking to this lady, she's like, she was so frustrated, and she was an environmentally friendly lady. Like, um, she was so frustrated though, because she's like, I don't feel, Did you tell I don't her feel what, safe. What was wrong? I, yeah, I told mm-hmm. her, and she's like, I just don't really feel that safe because um, I get in a rainstorm and I feel like I'm getting wet and, mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's and not necessarily the water's going through, but it, the 
jacket stops breathing, might as well just use a plastic jacket or something. It's damp feeling, maybe? Yeah, and, and she's like, I just... I would rather have a jacket that works and keeps me safe like I need. An old school Gore-Tex Pro jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what we, mm-hmm. so my prototype jackets are, are those. My wife had one and I had one and we got into some uh, some decent rain. It, it never rained for a really long time, but it rained pretty hard for short periods. And we were just dry as could be and, and felt great and everything and this lady was kind of cursing her jacket because you don't wear pr- rain pants right uh, I, I do depending on the weather how long I'm going to be out there I did take rain pants on this trip mm. um, anyway I think we should start a uh, start a movement bring back real DWR well, you, if you head it up I'll, I'll jump on board dry lives matter Okay, maybe not. Too That's much. not too much. I'll edit Dude, that over out. Over the top, Greg, over the top. <laughs> too much. Um, yeah, I mean, I do agree that they don't make it like they used to. Now, and, and How much does it save the environment? Like, what's the I, total I, impact? Do I'm, you know? Is this a big deal, or is this micro is amounts this, is of it, improvement? Is it marketing ploys? I think it's a BS. You think it's BS or it does like it's marketing or does it actually save the environment? I'm sure it doesn't hurt the environment. I'm sure it doesn't like I'm sure that the CFCs of the old stuff are not good for the environment. The amount of CFCs that actually wash off into the environment by now when I'm in the I've never seen it busier in the Wind Rivers ever in my life than I did last week. I mean this massive parking lot was full and there were cars running a quarter, maybe a half mile from the parking lot down the road. So many cars, so many people. And yet when we're up in the Wind Rivers, in the middle of, of the mountains, I mean, there's probably one person to every five square miles. And when it rains, it rains for a half hour, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, something like that. Even on a really bad day, you got a downpour of four hours or something like that. Of all those people and the little bit of DWR that gets out, plus the environment is actually, I mean, we talk about, sometimes we treat the environment as if it is so fragile. And yes, it is to some extent. I don't like plastics, But it's a, I'm sure. Is it microplastics? Because... They end up in the ocean. No, and it's then they it's there. they're fluorocarbons. Fluorocarbons. Oh, um, and so, but the environment has has ways of kind of cleaning things out and stuff like that. So. I agree, I, but to a point, right? How? That's my question. Is has anybody studied the the impact of these particular fluorocarbons and how much savings is it? Like you said, this lady is actually a little nervous about her life. And then also, um, you know, if it, it, even if the same brand, let's say it's Patagonia, has, offers one with with the original amount of or the original Gore-Tex and one with the reduced fluorocarbon, I wonder which one sells better. You yeah. know what I mean? Like same jacket, but the, but the different material, and just put it on the market, 
and 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 as far as marketing goes the one that's more environmentally friendly is going to sell better at first and then once they use it maybe they'd be like it's not worth it and then it the other work. one sells better yeah well, i have no idea that's another thing is if there's really eco-friendly shell you're wearing doesn't last as long you're gonna have to buy one you're gonna buy two three four five in the same time period that you could use one so that goes back to run, greg's original point between arcteryx and patagonia products mm-hmm. where you buy an arcteryx jacket in the last 10 years so you're only buying one jacket versus two or three mm-hmm. right so i think uh, i think that's something to definitely consider like maybe initially this dwr is more potent for the environment but is the waste that you're putting out from buying five jackets that offset it uh, i don't know that's my biggest question is see and i look at the plastics in the oceans and stuff i hate that stuff like mm. i don't like that I, but what we're doing is you're getting populations of billions of people flushing their garbage into the ocean okay not only that but our own backyard unfortunately um we had a group of kayakers go out recently and run the hen tag and the kayakers can haul with them um um, those those mesh bags to pick up trash and put it in their kayak with them and there was an ungodly amount of trash in the river and it's like sprite and beer bottles and you know like stupid stuff gatorade like what do we do like where's the the respect has to come right um because you can make all the environmental friendly products in the world, but if people don't res- respect, have personal respect for the environment, then it doesn't freaking matter. Right. Because they're just destroying it anyway. Right. We, and, and it's all on just like daily users, either uh, tubers, fishermen, whatever, recreational users destroying our local river. And then the kayakers go out and try and pick it up. And they didn't have enough room in their boats for all the trash. It was insane. Wow. And we, it's, it makes me so frustrated. Oh. We floated the Hennifer Taggart's a couple weeks ago and we found that we weren't even looking we, we picked up five full white claw beers and I, I can't even tell you how many PBRs we saw like come on it's not that hard to just no just come on <laughs> like, it, it's annoying and we weren't even looking for it it was just yeah. floating down the river so so it would be my argument that uh, we could do a lot more to help the environment by going after better ways of managing our garbage and our trash and stuff like that. Because while we're in the in the backcountry of the Wind Rivers, I picked up pieces of candy wrappers and other things, candy bar wrappers and stuff that I'm sure the backpackers didn't mean to drop. They just it fell out of a pocket or they you know blew away from their camp and they couldn't catch it or whatever else i'm sure they didn't mean to um but there's i'm sure that stuff probably does more to hurt the environment especially if it gets in the waterways and stuff like that and and uh, in areas that are heavily populated and stuff i'm sure that there's a lot more damage that goes into the environment from there than you're getting from uh, cfc's being slowly worn off of a jacket and getting into waterways and stuff and i know there's going to be listeners that are saying you know every little bit helps and and we you know we shouldn't be intentionally if damaging the environment if there's a way to to help and and i get that you think it's more about marketing than it is anything else on on this particular gore-tex product i i believe so i maybe uh I know Patagonia has made a crap ton of money off of environmental marketing. 
and people a and lot good, of the, and good stuff you sure good well yes yes you got to have a good product first and they do um but they have sold their pro- product mainly by saying we and are an environment first company that um and that resonates it, with people because oh, people but because it, it's people also care the owners it's not fake from the owner like it was his original intention to save the rocks when he made the pitons and he and this was that was his it's a trickle down effect from from the owner right and then it's turned into this marketing behemoth but um and i which is valid and is, which is great and i i just there's your it, it struck me when your argument about arcteryx who at least for years didn't mention anything about the environment was actually more environmentally friendly than patagonia because their manufacturing process and and the way they did things that that to me was i was like okay so there's more to it than just the marketing right see and and for those that have that are listening that haven't heard that story so when i was in college i wrote a an article on the uh the life cycle of an outdoor product um it was for an environmental history class and and so i wrote this paper i called up i decided to do uh, write the paper on a marmot sleeping bag that I had. So I called up Marmot. I was chatting with them about their products, where they get their source, their stuff, and and how what the things they do to be environmentally friendly and other stuff. And then I was just curious, and so I called up some other companies. One of which was Arcteryx, and I asked them. I and I said, well, I was just talking to Marmot. They use some recycled materials and other things. I was just curious. Why don't you use recycled materials? And why don't you do these things? And they um, and what are your, what things do you do to try to help the environment? And they said, well, first of all, we encourage our employees to ride bikes to, to work. We have showers and other things to help cater to them riding bikes more than driving and some of those types of things. Said, but when it comes to our products, we make the very, very best products out of the very best materials that we can so they'll last as long as we can. We've tried using the recycled materials before and tested them and the jackets just don't last as long they don't they fall apart and so what we find is that customers are going to have to buy more jackets and buy more products because they'll wear out more quickly and it's actually going to do more harm and add more crap to the landfills and stuff like that than than it's helping so we made the decision that it is better for us and for the environment if we make the best products we can that'll last as long as possible than to do the recycled stuff. There's a lot to the story. There's you got to do your homework and don't buy the initial marketing of really any product. Sure. Um, but just look into it and yeah, it was that was interesting to me about your your research on with Arcteryx. Yeah. Um, because I never saw anything about that at least about, you know years ago about them pushing an environmental. Uh, they do now, but not right. not back then as far as. Their marketing goes and i'm not saying that patagonia is bad they they make great gear and i think i think what you're saying with yvonne chenard i think his heart is in the right place he's trying it, throughout his life he's tried to do good things that have helped the environment have have uh have been a positive thing now i'm not gonna say well, that everything that patagonia has done has been in his own book let my people go surfing in the last chapter he that's where he admits like i have my standard but i can't even make my own employees live by my standard right it's just there's a but i but he's got to have that high standard in order to move the needle right right to do something better than and and to push into the next level and so that's where 
that's Patagonia's thing. That and it's all led by his vision. Sure. But I yeah. think I mean I you know about this story. I emailed the Patagonia rep a couple weeks ago. We're we're looking at redoing the wrap on the outside of our building at Gear Thirty. The the, the window one, window yeah, wrap window wrap. Um, so I thought, well, we might as well see if Patagonia wants to partner with us and do do a co-brand with Patagonia. And, and the rep said we don't do anything like that because the material is not recyclable, um, which is like it's respectable. You know, they're not going to put their name on something that's not recyclable. They don't want to see their name be put in the landfill. Like, okay, I can. I mean, part of it's probably marketing. They want to be really eco-friendly, but at the same time, they're not going to to contribute well, to that waste that's in the landfill. They just passed up a prime marketing opportunity because of that. Because of that. Yeah, so, true. So it's. I mean. It, it, there's there's parts of it that are respectable and I do think that they're very Patagonia's doing their very best to be very eco-friendly and lessen their impact but you also do have to do your homework and think okay like we've already said this a couple of times but buy the jacket twice or buy it once Gore-Tex man what are you doing Bring give us some good Gore-Tex product <laughs> give us some good DWRs on your, yeah. on your Gore-Tex at least on one product because <laughs> yeah. here's what's going to happen and I know that Nick Wax for example is environmentally friendly and stuff like that but it doesn't work all that well anymore um, if you really want a good DWR that's going to work well you're, you're going to have to buy some wash in or spray on DWRs and you're going to have to use them a lot more and you know there's probably some chemicals in those that aren't all that wonderful as well i don't know i just we started with water filters i know it's crazy how we got here um well here we are i just i i look at i look at things and i i don't know i i tend to be a i'm a religious person i believe in god and 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 that sort of thing (laughs) (laughs) and um But I, I think about it, and I think I, I, I pay attention because uh, being a religious person, I kind of I, I try to observe other people and observe things, and I notice that you know everybody has their own, the own their own thing that they worship, whether they believe that they're religious or not. And for some people, especially in the outdoor industry and, and people that love the outdoors, they tend to worship the environment. That uh, and everything's tend to, a, tend to worship something if you don't worship uh, right, yeah. and um. And so I look at that and I think, okay, I, I think protecting the environment is important. And and me being a Christian person, I believe that God has given people an important stewardship to take care of the earth. And so I'm right in line with, with some of the environmentalists out there that are saying, hey, we need to do a better job at taking care of the earth. Yes, I agree, absolutely. But then I you get to a point where at what point is the environment more important than a human life or you know protecting the environment a little bit that it but endangering a human life which is more important and that when i start getting to that philosophical debate i just i'm of the opinion i'd prefer to see my friends people that i help whatever go out into the outdoors and come back alive safe and i know a dwr is probably not going to kill someone but hypothermia could or i mean who knows? And I, I just, I mean, this has gotten to the philosophical <laughs> debate that I never really intended to have here. But I would just rather see quality products that are going to take care of people 
go out to the mountains that last a long time, that don't fill up the landfills and all those things, but really feel confident that when I'm sending a customer out with a jacket, it's going to keep them dry and it's going to keep them warm and it's going to keep them safe. Well, it sounds like there's a balance there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you want to make you want to keep people safe, and you want to make it as environmentally friendly as you can. Yeah, I do hope that when it comes to these DWRs, that either one, the technology improves to the point where they can come up with really good DWRs that don't have the CFCs in there, or two, that the pendulum swings back a little bit and we get a little bit better DWRs, but maybe not not as bad for the environment as they used to be. Because I think what we'll probably find is with the crappy DWRs that are out there, people aren't going to like them, and the market's going to need to bring back a little better oh, DWRs. Like, I mean, Exhibit A, your your one your one example that you ran into is already, you know, it's only one example, but it's it's proven that. Yeah, the one bad thing, uh, well, the one one thing that could stop that, I guess, is that a lot of governments are now starting to mandate some of these types of environmental regulations which may not allow for you know quality dwrs and that sort of thing because what was it sweden or norway or something like that that was their laws don't allow certain products in to their country if they have dwrs um that are over like a c3 level or something like that or c0 whatever and that's why rab has gone to a c0 dwr to be extra environmentally friendly, but also to be able to sell their products in all these these some of these yeah, countries. From Scotland. Yeah, and so um, I don't know. It's interesting. All right. Well, uh, that took that took a nice little turn there. Thanks. <laughs> appreciate that. Let's give it a wrap. All right. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Don't worry, we don't have philosophical debates on all of our episodes. This is a rare one. Um, we usually talk about gear. We did talk about gear a little bit on the at the beginning of this one anyway. Um, if you want to check out our, our website, gear30.com, that's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. Um, you can get deals on some of the best outdoor gear available, including, um, uh, well, we carry Hilleberg tents, Western Mountaineering sleeping bags, um, uh, Mystery Ranch backpacks. We carry great, great outdoor gear from. Uh, we'll soon have Patagonia oh, in store only. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, you go. In a couple, a few weeks. So uh, yeah, let's check out Gear30.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Gear underscore three zero. Like us on Facebook and check out YouTube for gear reviews videos that we that we're putting out. Um, our local, our resident through hiker Bryden puts those together and they're pretty good. So. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there. Woo-hoo.